We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TBFL. It's Friday. It is January 16th. It is 2020. It's January 17th. Just kidding. Um, and we have seven NBA, NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. I am joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? It's been a long day, but I'm doing pretty great here. Like looking over the slate. There's nothing that's made me angry so far. There's nothing that I can't figure out. Um, so, like, normally there's something like, ah, oh, gosh, I hate this situation here. I just wish it wasn't on the slate. Like, everything that's on the slate makes it fun and better. So, I'm, I'm pretty darn excited for this Friday slate. Pretty darn excited for the weekend. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm ready for this slate, too. I, I like this slate. I'm with you. We have, like, I think four games or three games um, currently with 229-plus totals. So, like – we have some big totals on this seven-game slate and um, some really solid basketball games to target. So uh, let's jump in here and get started. As always, um, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you head on over to the Roto-Grinders YouTube page. Like and subscribe. We appreciate it more than you guys know. So um, if you enjoy having a free podcast to listen to each and every day, help us out. We get started with Chicago at Philadelphia, 216.5 total. Philly favored by 7.5 in this game. Wendell Carter Jr. is out. Gafford's out. Porter's out. Hutchinson's questionable. And then Embiid is still out on the Philly side. Um, anything standing out to you here for the Chicago Bulls? I mean, we look at Zach Levine here, and it's just not the easiest matchup in the world for him going up against Philly. They're obviously a great defensive team. and is priced up there at 7.8 or 8.7K. Problem is he's been on such a tear recently. He's not a guy that I'm going to be targeting, but – the guy's averaging over 46 fantasy points per game in the last six, seven games. Been over 50 on a fairly consistent basis. Just the tear that he's on. I think that he's in play, but Philly is so much better at home. Like, it's a slow-paced game. It's a terrible defensive matchup. So, Levine's on the GPP radar, but he's not really a great play. Marketing just can't really trust his minutes entirely. Probably a cross-off there. Without Carter, like, Thad Young, I still don't know if he's going to get enough minutes here. They probably need a little bit more size. So 
I'd expect Cornette to get the minutes. And we were talking a little bit about before the show, like he had 35 minutes and he didn't perform that great, but this guy can chuck the ball sometimes like back in New York, if you don't remember, like he was throwing up a bunch of threes occasionally game against Detroit threw up nine times. Like even without him be there in the game, it probably is a better matchup for him. And I mean, maybe they go a little bit smaller, but there's so much height with all the other guys that I don't think it's going to happen that way. I think Cornette gets a decent amount of run here without Gafford in the game. And I think that he's in for a fairly high ceiling there in this matchup. Outside of him not going with Young or not going with Young, not going with Dunn, probably not going with Sadoransky. It's just a touch ma- tough matchup for all of them. But if Cornette gets hot from behind the arc, he can crush his 4.9K value. Yeah, the thing is, like, you know, he ended up – he was the person that checked in for Gafford the other night. So, like, his playing 35 minutes makes a ton of sense. Like, he started the second half for Gafford. So, uh, you might be on to something. I just – I hate the price increase. Um, you know, he's 4,900. It's not like he is, you know, 3,100 like he was against Washington last time out. Like, he got a massive price increase here. So, yes, I agree with you. I think that, like, he has some upside. It's just, like, what realistically is his ceiling? Like, his best game this season is, what, 33 fantasy points? And that's, you know, barely right over 6X? I mean, you say his best game. There's only been one game where he's played over 25 points, and it was the last game. In 25 minutes, he got 33 points. Like, that's With the biggest two blocks thing. and a steal, though, against Washington. This is Philly. Now, that was against Detroit. Last game versus Washington, he only had uh, 24 points. But he shot one for five from behind the arc. In the Detroit game, he shot the ball nine times behind the arc. Like, he's a guy – I'm not saying he doesn't offer you a good floor, but he offers you a little bit of a ceiling here if he gets hot from behind the arc. Like, I, that's just basically it. Like, I know it's not a great matchup. But just based on his minutes, like if they're shutting down Levine, there's a chance that uh, court, like it's a tournament flyer. He's still not going to draw any ownership because of his price tag. But he, I, I think he has some upside. All right. Uh, I could be entirely you know, wrong. Listen to some other people. It's a first look pod, but I could yeah, be way it, off. It is a this. first look podcast. I think marketing is a little interesting here at 5,900. Like he played 31 minutes um, against Washington last time out. His price continues to go down. Um, they're going to need him to play minutes in this game. You know, they have Felicio, um, but they're not going to want to play Felicio a ton of minutes. Like, you know, Thad Young could play some five, I guess. Um, him and Markin played on the floor together a little bit last game. So, like, obviously that can happen here. But, you know, for me, I'm, when I'm looking at this game, um, I, I don't hate taking a shot on Markin. But Zach Levine – is your ceiling, you know, upside play here? He's just – he's so expensive. It's, you know, you're going to be deciding between him and, you know, some of these other guys that we can that we're going to talk about. And then on the Philadelphia side of things, like, Tobias Harris coming off of a really, really strong game, but, like, massive price increase here from 6,900 to 8,300. The price increase is what's scaring me off of Tobias. Um, what do you like here for Philly? Uh, yeah, honestly, the price tags of Horford and Harris – are probably about where they should be for their potential upside here. Harris, massive, massive increase after being around mid-6K for the last few games. Now he's just way too darn expensive here. Horford, probably too expensive here at 7,500. It's not a terrible matchup for them. But honestly, the only two guys I'm looking at are probably going to be Ben Simmons just because he still has 55, 60-point ceiling any game where Embiid is out of here. He hasn't been putting up massive games recently. But he can 
absolutely put up a massive, massive triple-double against Chicago here. So 9,300, more of a tournament play, but a guy that you can, have, that can really look at here. Richardson hasn't really, like, hit his ceiling too often, but he's the other guy that's fairly cheap. Obviously gets a usage bump. He's playing 37, 36 minutes, high 30s almost every single game here just because of the fact that Embiid's out and they need someone who can – shoot a little bit there. He hasn't been shooting great from the from beyond the arc recently. One for four, one for eight, two for six, one for five in his last four games. And he's still putting up around 30 points per game on average. So with all those minutes, I think that he's the other guy that offers some upside. So it's Simmons and it's Richardson for me, and I'm probably not going with any other guys like Corkmans, Kylo Quinn, Thibault. Like, they're decent punts, whoever ends up getting the start. But still not great plays. Yeah, like I'm with you. I feel like, you know, when you're looking at Philly here, um, obviously, like Tobias is probably my favorite option from Philly. It's just I don't want to pay the price point that like he is right now. So, like, it just leads me to not really liking Philly. Like, Ben Simmons has triple double upside. Chicago is a terrible rebounding team. So, like, the upside is there for some of these guys. It's just. You know, we play in a salary cap, so like, you know, figuring out which of these guys, you know, present value is the the toughest thing here. So, you know, that's why I, I struggle, um, you know, looking at the Philly guys. Um, it's kind of it from this one. Let's move on. We got Washington at Toronto. It's a two twenty nine um, total here. Toronto's favored by nine and a half in this game. Van Vliet is questionable um and then Hatchamarera um is still out um Schofield's out and Wagner's out um on the Washington side of things so let's start here with Washington you know when we're looking at this spot you know Bradley Beal 7600 hasn't played over 26 minutes or 27 minutes since returning um what's your thoughts here when it comes to Washington I mean Bradley Beal at 7,600 is just way too darn cheap, but you're right. Like, they have no reason to really play in big minutes. Like, he's returning from injury. He was out for a bit, off and on. Like, they're not playing for anything. It's going to be a lottery year. They have no incentive for him to play a lot of minutes. But when he's actually in the game, the guy is chucking a lot. 7,600, if we want him to make value, then he just needs to be – or make tournament value. He needs to be, like, mid-40s. He can get there in 30 minutes. He can absolutely get there in 30 minutes. The guy took a shot a minute the other game versus Utah. Matchup versus Toronto isn't the great, but it's not the worst pace matchup in the world. It's just not an easy defensive matchup. 7,600 seems like a price tag where you can take shots in tournaments. 100% would not recommend him in cash. But in tournaments, there's still the off chance they end up playing 33 minutes. 33 minutes of Bradley Beal in this offense, but still some of the guys that are out, like offers you some upside, just the sheer amount of volume that he can end up taking during the game here. So Beal, I don't know how chalky he's going to be just because people can't trust him, but he offers a bunch of upside. I'm probably not going McCray. Ish Smith, like not a great matchup for them. Beat With Beal in the offense, they take a massive hit in terms of their use of Troy Brown Jr., Another guy taking a massive hit with his usage, with his minutes. Bertans only getting 25, 26 minutes recently, but if he gets off from behind the arc, he's one of the best shooters in the league here. And 
10 plus shots in four or in three straight while only playing 21 to 26 minutes. He offers you a little bit of an upside if he gets hot from me on the arc. It's not a great play, but he's priced a little bit too low considering his upside. Not going to Mahimi. Bryant's the other interesting one. If we hear that his minutes restriction might be brought up to 21, 22, there's a case to be made for playing him in this spot. Um, but like, it's not a great spot for him. Toronto's obviously with Gasol back. It's not an easy matchup. He could get into foul trouble. But if there is an increase in his minutes and they've announced that, it's worth taking a shot on him in tournaments just because he has that block, steal, points, rebounds, upside. Yeah, the thing about, like, Bertans and Beal, like, I wouldn't be, you know, necessarily shocked if we saw, like, a minutes increase in this game for them. So, I think, like, if you're playing, depending on, like, how many teams you're building, how many, like, what you're playing tournament-wise, GPP-wise, um, I think they're both really interesting. Bertans, if he played 30 minutes at 5,300, um, you know, they're they're kind of going to need him. If they, if they if you want this game to stay close, like if you're playing Toronto players, then you're probably taking shots on a couple of these guys um, because, you know, that's how necessarily the game would stay close. So, um, you know, on the Toronto side of things, like, you know, when we're looking at Toronto with Van Vliet, questionable. Obviously, we're going to have to wait to see, like, if he's going to play or not. He makes a huge difference um, when you're looking at some of these guys. Marcus All came back and played, like, 31 minutes. I don't think anybody kind of expected that. Um, you know, what are we looking at here on the Toronto side of things? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Van Vliet's definitely a guy we need to watch out for. Obviously, this is an incredible matchup going up against Washington. We know it's the best matchup on the, world, on the board. Nine-point spread is a little bit worrisome, but – I think with Beal back in the game, if he's only playing high 20s minutes, this game should stay close enough. And there's six other games or five other games on the slate with high spreads. Like, no one's really projected to be that close outside of Indy. So, I'm not worrying about blowouts at all on this slate. Uh, but the matchup sets up great for Lowry, for Siakam, for Van Vliet, for Ibaka, for Gasol, for OG. But it all depends. If Van Vliet's in there, I need to wait and see what the starting lineup is. They went real big in the last one with Ibaka, Gasol, OG, Siakam, and Lowry. So I don't think they need to do that on this, though. Like With some of the injuries to Washington, I don't think they're going to need the size. Obviously, Washington's a terrible rebounding team, so there's always a chance they do. But if Van Vliet's in there, gives a downgrade to all of them. I think Siakam's one of the few guys on the team with some actual upside. They have been limiting his minutes. They've been limiting Lowry's minutes. They've been limiting everyone's minutes to around low 30s. Not the high 30s that they were having everyone play at the beginning of the season when all these guys were together. But in this offense, playing low 30s minutes, Siakam's the only one that really offers you that much upside. Even going up against Washington, Lowry at 8.8K, if he's only going to be limited to around 33 minutes, that's a tough price tag to pay for him. Van Vliet, with all these other guys in the offense, his usage goes down drastically. Ibaka, if he's not going to play high 30s minutes, he's not going to hit a ceiling. So it's Siakam for me. And if Gasol plays 30 minutes, people forget that before he was injured, he was on an absolute tear, averaging close to 40 or over 40 points a game before he got injured. And if he's going to play low 30s minutes again, he could be the best play on the board going up against Washington. Yeah, um, he's just so cheap, too. Like, you know, if, if he gets the run here, um, I'm with you on Marcus All. I think 
Siakam has some serious upside in this matchup going up against Washington if he plays 30-plus minutes in this game. So I'm kind of with you on him. Like, you got to remember, too, like, obviously it's super early in the season, but, like, you know, Boston, or Toronto's a team that's probably a top three or four team in the East. So they're not going to push these guys if they don't have to. Um, so if they're handling this game, you know, you're going to see 28, 29 minutes instead of 35 to 38 minutes. So Yeah, I mean, I saw something interesting. I think Sammy Noll tweeted out, the East has already decided. The playoff picture is virtually set in stone outside of something crazy happening. Right, uh, I guess like the only thing that would 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 happen is like Chicago or Detroit goes on a run and knocks out Brooklyn. But if Kyrie's going to be back, Brooklyn's going to get in. Like the the eight teams in the East, uh, I, I I agree. <laughs> Which is just funny. Three months into the season. Well, like even if you look at the Western Conference, like you know you could pitch. You, there's ten teams in the West. Uh, I guess I don't know. There, the yeah, the seven and eight seed are up in the air. Ever been probably just the eight. Uh, one through six, it's going to be the teams that are currently one through six, just maybe a different order. Right. All right. So moving on here, we got Minnesota at Indiana taking on the Pacers. Um, no total in this game. Carl Anthony Towns is questionable. Layman's out. Uh, Pacers are good to go. Grant, I know we're on the same page when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns. Until we see him play a basketball game, I'm considering him out. Yeah, I'm basically – I'm guessing the day he actually does end up playing, they're going to upgrade him to probable midday. Um, but, yeah, we're looking at this the night before. As of right now, the assumption is that he is out. Teague's now gone. Like, it gives a little bit of a bump to Wiggins, a little bit of a bump to Culver, a little bit of a bump to Napier, probably a little bit of a bump to Covington. But this is not a good matchup going up against Indy. Um, they're a great defensive team. They're not – or they're a good defensive team. They play at a fairly slow pace here. I, Wiggins has just been so terrible recently. But 6.7K definitely has a little bit of upside. Just I'm not going to rely on him here. Culver is probably the guy they'll end up going with. He's been playing low 30s minutes. He's been involved in this offense. He's 5.9K. But that price increase makes me not want to play him against Indy. Napier, 5K. Maybe plays 30 minutes is fine. Like, this is just not a good spot for anyone. And no one's priced low enough to really make them that interesting. Like, if you're taking a shot on anyone, it's Covington. Just strictly, he gets enough steal. If he gets enough steals and if he gets hot from behind the arc, he's the one guy that's going to offer you 40 point upside out of any of these guys outside of Wiggins, but you can't trust Wiggins right now. Like, this is not a game that I'm really looking at too much. And it's just Covington is the only guy I'm interested in. See, I, I, that's, that was like my initial thoughts too. But like when I started digging into court IQ and taking like Teague off the floor and stuff, like I actually have a little interest in Wiggins. 28.4. I've looked at that. And a lot of that was from earlier on the season. So Wiggins went on a tear without Teague on the floor and was putting up 40 points 50 points every single game. Then Teague came back, and then Teague went off again, and Cat went out, and for a little while, Wiggins was averaging 45 points. But if you look at the last month, I think, without Teague on the floor, if you throw Culver on the floor or throw Napier on the floor, I believe that his uh, overall fantasy points, I'll double-check right now, go down drastically. 
And it's just because he was getting a high assist rate. He was playing a lot of the point and he was doing a whole lot of stuff. Cause I thought the same thing initially too, when I looked at court IQ, but if you cut, if you throw all these other, like if you throw this exact situation with other ball handlers on the floor, Wiggins has just not been the same. Yeah, so, like, if you look at the last two weeks with Teague and Cat off the floor, Wiggins 24.5% instead of 28.7. I think seven. Um, And he's averaging under a fantasy point per minute. So, uh, what Grant is saying, like, you know, use court IQ to your advantage. Gorgie, Dang, and Covington have been the two guys that have benefited the most. And, you know, Gorgie, Dang, they're going to need him to play minutes in this game. Um, You know, I know know my boy Reed, Nas Reed last game – went out and decided that he wanted to get in foul trouble really quick um, in this same matchup. So, like, I think Gorgie Dang is is somewhat interesting here. I think, like, I wouldn't go too crazy in this spot. And then on the Pacers side of things, like, Sabonis can crush in any matchup. Like, he just put up 58 fantasy points against this team recently. Um, he, can crash, he can crush in any matchup. Kind of expensive. I think Brogdon's a, a safer option here. Um, I have no issues playing Brogdon. What's standing out to you for the Pacers? Yeah, it's a bonus. Like, he was always a guy that we assumed didn't really have too much of a ceiling. Uh, just always ended up in the 40-point range. But lately, he's been playing high 30s minutes. Like, you look at the last four games, 36, 32, 37, 38. They've been giving him a boatload of minutes because he's been playing so well. So, it's just giving an uptick to his ceiling. I really like Sabonis in the spot. Obviously, Minnesota, not really the greatest defensive team. They play at a heavy or a high pace. Sabonis at 8,600 seems way too low of a price tag. The spread is currently set at eight right now, but again, every single game is pretty much the same spread outside of OKC and outside of Dallas. Like everything's a high spread, so not a slate where I'm going to really worry about blowouts too much and I don't really like anyone on the Minnesota side, so there's no need to stack it. You're just hoping this game stays close. But Sabonis is an absolutely fantastic play. Brogdon got a little bit of a price increase. I'm not sure if it's enough. He still has 45, 46, 47 point upside in any given matchup if he ends up getting the minutes here. So another guy that I'm looking at, outside of him, like with both Brogdon and Sabonis in the lineup, I'm not a huge fan of playing Warren. Lamb or Turner, but Lamb's price tag, even with these guys in the lineup, he still has the off shot at putting up a 35-point game, 4,600. It's not the worst idea in the world to take a shot at him in GPPs. But, yeah, that's basically I mean, it's not a bad match for Turner, but I'm not expecting him to play 30 minutes, and I'm not expecting him to do a ton of this offense with Spone stealing all the boards and a lot of the usage. Cleveland at Memphis, 229 total here. Memphis favored by eight in this game. Uh, on the Cleveland side, Brandon Knight is out. Porter's out. Zizek is out. And on the Memphis side, Crowder is questionable. Grant, my favorite game on the slate. I, I love this game. I, guess I think this game is super juicy. I think a lot of people will lean towards that Portland-Dallas game, which I think is fine. Uh, but I love this game. Um, let's start here with Cleveland. Um, you know, I, I think you start right off the bat knowing that, like, Cleveland gets a, a really nice pace bump in this game. And you get two bad defensive teams. Like, this is a spot that I think Cleveland's really interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, Kevin Love's in there at 7,200. Gets a massive pace bump. Should crush here. He's probably going to get a whole bunch of boards considering the pace. Like, he's got a shot to take. Like, in a fast-paced game, oftentimes he'll end up taking a whole lot more shots from behind the arc here. So, it gives him more upside. 7.2K, considering this guy was 8K not too long ago. And this is one of the best matchups on the board. 
with a incredibly high scoring game. I think there's a lot of them, but this is one of them. Thompson, I know he put up a big dud versus the Clippers, but that was on the second end of a back-to-back. He was just struggling there. Only took five shots from the field. Prior to that, he was putting up pretty decent numbers here, playing a boatload of minutes, mid-30s, high-30s, when it went into overtime, mid-40s. Like He's a guy that is being heavily involved in this offense. He's gotten double-doubles in three straight games prior to playing the Clippers. He's only priced at 6500 He's 1000 cheaper than he was just a few days ago going up against the Lakers, which is a tough matchup. And now he gets a great match where he's probably going to have to play a boatload of minutes because of the size over on Memphis, and he's a 1000 cheaper. Offers massive amount of upside. If you want to throw another piece in, I don't mind Garland. I don't mind Sexton, but I just don't see massive upside with either of them. But this is a pace-up matchup here. So it's definitely possible, but they're priced about where they should be. And I'm not playing CD if Love and Tristan Thompson are playing. So he's just off the board for me. See, I like Garland a lot in this spot. You know, pace up spot, uh, 5,100, he's a little bit cheaper than Sexton. I think they both have, you know, similar upside. Um, you know, Garland's a guy that's gone for at least 27 fantasy points now in five straight games. So I like Darius Garland a lot. I think he's a guy that, I don't think a lot of people end up playing him in this spot, which is perfectly fine with me uh, because I love taking advantage of things people don't realize. So, um, and I don't play him and I don't play Cleveland a lot in general. Like they're not a team that I typically play, but I love, love, I love Kevin Love and I like uh, Garland a lot. Uh, ja, man, Ja's been balling out, coming off of a monster game against Houston. Um, over 40 fantasy points now in three of the last four games. For the last six, um, you know, his price has gone up here. But Memphis is playing really good basketball, and they get this matchup against Cleveland. They have one of the highest implied totals on the slate. Um, I, I like this game stack, like I said, but, you know, I definitely like the Memphis side too. Yeah, Jaw is clearly where you end up starting. AK, he's, been pl- he's played 37, 30, 34, and 31 minutes over the last four, and he's been crushing Every single one of them matchup versus I get that a lot of them were good matchups, but we can still like kind of expect well, to play. Like not to interrupt you, but like yeah, they've been good matchups. But Cleveland allows the most fantasy points per point guards by like two points higher than the next highest team. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like another yeah, juicy one right off the bat here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a bad matchup at all. Like. They're showing the willingness to play him a lot of minutes. 8K, probably too cheap of a price tag here. Like, really like Ja. Outside of him, Triple J, same thing as always. Like, there's always a chance in this match where he ends up getting into foul trouble. Doesn't play the entire game. Offers upside in any given matchup, but strictly a GPP guy. The guy that I'm really interested in is Dylan Brooks. Guy has been chucking recently and playing minutes. Like, you look at the last six games, he's had double-digit three-point shot attempts in three of them, three of the last five, four of the last seven. Like, he's been chucking the ball from beyond the arc. He's been playing low 30s minutes almost every single game. If he gets hot, he can absolutely destroy his 5,800 price tag. They have not priced him up enough. They're giving him minutes. I absolutely love him in this spot at 5,800. Yeah, he was the other guy that I was going to mention here. Um, just too cheap. You know, you look at, like you said, he's gone for at least 40 fantasy points in two of the last three games. Well, you know, Golden State, that game wasn't even close. And you got to remember, like, 
Memphis was a team that like was kind of shipping it. Like I wouldn't say they were shipping it, but like all the young talent, like it didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs or anything. And like they've won like six straight games now, and they're right in the playoff mix. Yeah, I know it's way too early in the season to be looking at playoff stats and stuff like that, but like Memphis is on a really strong run right here, and like we can't discount what this team's doing and the minutes. So I, I like Dylan Brooks a lot. Like I think this is a spot you definitely want to be looking at him, Morant, Triple J. Um, you know, Triple J could easily bust and, and kill us. Um, that happens way too often, but you know we're we're gonna take shots on him in this spot for sure. Um, I don't really have anybody else from Memphis. Like I don't love Clark or any of these guys. I don't love Kyle Anderson. Clark, you know, if he was a little bit cheaper, maybe if he's cheaper on like Yahoo or something, um, you could take a shot, but. You know, I don't really love anything else here. Um, yeah, so moving on, we got Miami at OKC. Um, no total in this game. Tyler Hero is questionable. Winslow's out. And Noel is upgraded to questionable. Let's start with Miami. Um, you know, obviously we're looking at these teams. Miami, good defensive team. OKC, good defensive team. Both these teams in the top 15 in defensive efficiency. And... The other thing that kind of stands out in this game is it's two of the slowest um, pace teams in the NBA. What do you like here for Miami? So it's Bam and Butler, obviously. Butler has been playing outside the last game, real good basketball recently. He's priced below 8K for the first time in a while. Has 50-point upside in any given match. But I know KC is going to be a slow-paced game. It's probably going to be a lower-scoring game. But you also have to realize that this is the – only game with under a five-point spread on the entire slate. It's currently set at one. This game's probably going to end up being close. So, Bam and Butler in close games. They can play a boatload of minutes here. Games tend to – Miami games tend to stay way closer on the road. Both huge upside. I like Butler's price tag more just because he's 400 cheaper and he probably should be more expensive. Even in this match where he has a much harder matchup than Bam. But, like, Butler is a fantastic play at 7,800. Probably not going Drogic. Probably not going with Robinson. Probably not going with Jones. Like, all those guys, I just don't see a ton of upside. Jones, if he ends up playing enough minutes, could end up crushing his price tag of 4400 But not someone I'm overwhelmingly excited to play. If Heroes ruled out, I think we can load up none. Uh, obviously, been playing low 30s minutes the last two games. If he chucks the ball, if he gets hot, then he can end up crushing his price tag at 6,200. But Butler and Bam are really the two guys that I'm looking at. Yeah, so the thing about, like, Kendrick Nunn here for me is I think Goran Dragic's a better play um, in tournaments. I, I have no issues playing Nunn. But, like, we saw – and this is with Tyler Hero out for what it's worth. So, like, last game we saw Goran Dragic have, um, like, a 28% usage rate, you know, kind of team bench, man, you know leading that second unit. So I think that Goran Dragic is a little bit more, you know, interesting here just in general, um, you know, but like for the most part in this one, like this is probably my least favorite game on this slate. So like, I'm not going to, you know, sell it as a game that I'm going to load up on because I just don't really have a ton of interest in this one. So I don't think I'll end up playing hardly anybody outside of maybe, you know, bam, and then on the OKC side, like, you know, Miami, you know, strong defense. Um, Chris Paul, 6,900. Adams is 6,400. Gallinari, 6,300. 
I don't mind taking a shot on any of those guys, but I'm not going to like load up on these guys. Yeah, it's 100% a price play. Like all of them are probably a little bit better than the price tag, but it's a slow-paced matchup, it's a tough defensive matchup. Miami's good, but this game's projected to be very close. Paul been getting four over 40 points fairly often recently. Uh, consistently over 35 outside of random duds that he puts up anytime I play him. Um, but 6900 is just too cheap of a price tag. Adams comes in this game in good form. He should play probably a bit more minutes. I know they dropped him down to the high 20s for a few games. One of them was a blowout, but or a few of those were blowouts. But this game's projected to be close. So if he ends up playing his normal 35 minutes, then he can smash in this spot here. 6400 too cheap for him. Again, tough matchup, but it's just a pricing play for all those guys. Gallinari is my least favorite out of them. Like, he's been playing decent basketball lately, but just not a guy that I generally like playing too much, but the price tag's right. Not going with Schroeder. Not chasing after that giant triple-double from SGA in the 45-point game he had last game. He's the most expensive. You can do it if you want, but he's not a guy that I'm going to be playing. In a very tough matchup with way too high or a little bit too high of a price tag. Atlanta at San Antonio, 229.5 total here. San Antonio favored by 8.5 in this game. Alex Len is out. Parker is out. Graham on the trade is out, and Teague is not expected to make his debut here. Um, let's start here with Atlanta. Oh, and the Spurs um, are good to go. Uh, let's start here with Atlanta. What's standing out to you for the Hawks? Trey Young, Herter, Collins. San Antonio, obviously not a great defensive team. Those guys are getting a boatload of minutes. Those guys are taking up all the usage. Like, I know Collins has not been playing a ton of minutes recently, but some of those have been some blowouts, and some of them have just been bad games he's been playing. But he gets 33 minutes in a matchup versus San Antonio's defense, and this game ends up staying close. And he can still crush his price tag. I wouldn't use Collins and Trey in the same lineup, but you can throw her in with either of them, like – it's not a great play. Like he's obviously still gone up and pre- continues to go up in price. And sitting there at sixty seven hundred, but if he's going to play the minutes versus a bad defensive San Antonio team, then I'm all in for playing. Yeah, my only issue with Herder is he's coming off of a game that's so uncharacteristic for him that, like, you know, he's going to be. What is his ownership going to be? Um, is what I'm going to be looking at for him here, because I just. What was it? He's not getting rebounds? 15 rebounds. Right. right. Like that eight is assists, very, very like, clear. You know, so, like, I just – if he's going to get ownership – and, like, he might be very low on here because people have gotten better, like, realizing, like, pricing and stuff. But, you know, I think Trey Young at 10-2 is in play in this spot. He's not my favorite point guard on this slate. Um, you know, he's in the next game. So, you know, for me, it's just kind of – you know, not going too crazy with this one. Um, and, yeah, like, you know, on the Spurs side of things, like they obviously get a matchup here with Atlanta. And, you know, DeRozan's 8,100, which isn't terrible. But, like, the guy I think that I want to play here is LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, I know he's been very disappointing here recently, but I, I, I just – five rebounds, four rebounds in the last two games, like – I expect him to get up more towards like eight or nine. And if he gets that 10th, he gets a double, double. Like I just, LaMarcus Aldridge at 7,100 just seems kind of underpriced for me. 
Yeah, and he hasn't really been shooting great recently. He hasn't been shooting a lot, but this is a fast-paced matchup going up against Atlanta. He just went up against Toronto. He just went up against Miami. Like, Memphis, I get, was a decent matchup, and he just, like, he got 39 points there. For that was Boston. Like, he hasn't been in great matchups. The rebound numbers haven't been there because it hasn't been versus teams that you really want to see that against. So, LMA, like, I know he's been on a tough run recently. Prior to that, he was – doing great and he's been still shooting a bunch behind the arc uh six shots six shots nine shots five shots in the last four games so we can expect that to continue and we expect that to probably increase in a fast-paced matchup versus atlanta like derozan been on a real heater recently but lma is absolutely the better play at a drastically lower price tag sitting there at 7100 thousand cheaper than derozan Everyone else, I mean, it's the Spurs. We know exactly what this is. Murray's not going to play enough minutes. Gay's not giving you any upside. Like, if you want to take a shot on White or Mill or F- Mills or Forbes, like, Mills occasionally can have a big game. We've seen it many times before, but he's the – like, if you're really taking a shot on someone else, it's Mills, but still not a good spot. Like, he has to get hot from behind the arc like he did last game in order for him to end up beating value because he's not getting any peripheral stats. So. It's really just LMA and DeRozan for me with LMA being the much better play. Yeah. Um, Portland at Dallas, last game on the slate here on Portland. Collins, Hood, Labassia, Al, uh, Porzingis is questionable on the Dallas side, obviously. Probably the biggest news that we have on this slate that we're waiting for outside of Carl Anthony Towns. Um, and, like, he was supposed to play last time out, but, like, they ended up um, late scratching him, you know, because, yeah. Um, so Portland, you know, like when we're looking at Portland in this spot, I think that obviously this is one of the better games on the slate. Like as much as I like Cleveland Memphis, like this is, I think this is a game that a lot of people are going to gravitate to on the slate. Yeah. I mean, looking at Portland, everyone's kind of a little bit too low priced. Anthony's sitting there at 6,200 and Colm's sitting at 6,800. Whiteside at 8,400. He's disappointed a bit recently, but. He's going to play a boatload of minutes in this game in all likelihood. Lillard always offers you a ton of upside. This is going to be a high-scoring game. This is going to be a fairly close game. Like, all these guys are priced slightly too low for what their potential upside is. I think if I had to pick my favorite, like, it's McCollum. He's been playing great recently. Again, not a great matchup – or not a great uh, matchup for him. But still, he's been putting up 40 on a fairly consistent basis outside of a few games here. Guy's putting up 18, 19, 20, 21 shots almost every single game. He gets hot, then he can absolutely destroy this. And 6,800's still not a high enough price tag for him. He could break, like, break this game open here. I really like him. Whiteside, Whiteside's Whiteside. Plays mid-30s minutes. He smashes in the spot. He get he has a twenty twenty game in his back pocket if he wants to. Like he's eighty four hundred. It's real simple there. Lillard can get hot. Probably gonna take twenty shots. Probably gonna end up high forties here. Has a chance for more. It's just real simple. They didn't price everyone how they should be priced in this matchup. Yeah, like Lillard obviously, like he's a guy that has seventy point upside in any matchup. Like I don't necessarily love this matchup. Dallas, you know, really tough against point guard position. I think second fewest fantasy points. So, like, if you think that continues in this game, then I think that you have to look at C.J. McCollum. I think you have to look at Whiteside. You have to look at Carmelo, um, you know, especially if you're going to get a lot of exposure to this game in general. So, 
Um, you know, for me, I think that, you know, Whiteside is definitely in play um, as a top-end option. And then, like, you know, Mello – Carmelo's been a guy that, like, I've been playing a lot. Like, and I – it's so, like, weird to say that. But, you know, it's hard at this point not to like him um, because the usage and everything is fine for him. I and mean, it feels like he has something to prove, too. So, um the Dallas side of things, you know, we don't have a ton of studs on this slate. You know, Luca, if Porzingis sits, Luca has tremendous upside. Um, what are you doing here with the Dallas side? Yeah, Porzingis sit. That's then Luca's the top spend up spot. Probably goes for around sixty some odd points. I know he's expensive, but you're getting just a massive amount of raw points if you end up playing Luca. Porzingis sits. If Porzingis plays, I'm not playing Porzingis. I'm probably not playing Luca. Like, if Porzingis sits, I don't know if I'm playing anyone from the Dallas side. If Porzingis is out, then I think obviously gives a little bit of an upgrade to the rest of the guys, Kleber and Powell specifically. will get more minutes, more run. I think that Powell is probably the best guy to go with outside of Luca if Porzingis ends up sitting here. Priced at 5K, a little bit too low. Probably going to play 35 minutes. They're going to need his size a lot, and he's – Got 35-point upside, 40-point upside. So, Powell would be the guy that I would go with after Luca or with Luca if Porzingis ends up sitting. And then Kleber, not a terrible option. If he ends up getting the minutes, then he could smash his price tag about the same as Powell. Yeah, I feel like Powell and Kleber, you make a group 0-1 to one and you play – like you just don't play them both together. Like yeah. I don't see them like having stealing games at the same time, so – um, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been playing really well recently. You know, if you want to take a shot on him, you know, double-digit shot attempts in five straight games. Um, obviously benefiting from Porzingis not being on the floor, Luca getting him open shots. So, I don't hate Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't love it, but uh, he's just another guy, like, in that price range that I don't mind here. Um, all right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. Um, favorite play under 5K to 7X. Who do you got? I'm not happy about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go with the obvious one. I'm going Marcus Gasol. I was going to say Cornette and go ballsy, but it's it's just Gasol. Yeah, like, I like that one. I have no issues with that one. Um, and Gasol I, I should smash if he gets 30 minutes. It's Washington. He's This was a clear mispricing. Yeah, because, like, there's not a ton of guys under 5K that I like today. Um like by not a ton of guys. Like I don't like hardly any of these guys um, today under 5K. So Gasol was a good answer there, Grant. Um, you could go with Boban, hoping Porzingis is out and Boban actually gets minutes. Um, I don't even think <laughs> I can do that. I, I just like give me Bays more. Yeah, it's really not a not a great draw under. No, under 5K is tough today. We're going to have to see if any value opens up because, um, obviously, they, it's a first look. But uh, over 8K to go under 5X, who's your bust up top, towards the top today? I'm, I'm going with Tobias Harris. Not believing in the hype, huh? I mean, he has to get, what, 43, 42? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm just not buying that. Like this is way too high of a price for him. 
Yeah, I don't even know who I want to take. Can I take Carl Anthony Towns? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, you can't take him or Embiid. Right. Um. Let's see. Like, my first answer here was Lillard. So I guess that's who I'm going to go with. Yeah, there's like everyone else should should five X. Lowry was the other guy. Just if he didn't get the minutes in this game. Yeah, but it's also against Washington. Like, right? Like he he's might not too prime price, but it's Washington is the other reason. Yeah, he might not even need the minutes. Um, favorite six X play. Who do you got? I'm going. I'm going Sabonis. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I think I'm going to go a little risky here and say Dylan Brooks. Um, let's get weird GP play GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Yeah, perfect. Cornette. Yeah, I think he'll get a little bit of ownership today, so we'll have to watch that one to see where it ends up. Um, I'm going to go Gordon Dragic. Uh, again, like this really depends on Tyler Hero being out, but 28% usage rate last game, getting a lot of second team usage. Um, so give me the dragon to finish this off. Um, what is a game selection, you know, that's standing out to you today? Cash games, tournaments, uh, any site that you play on. I'm trying to, trying to not say fantasy draft, but it's, it's probably fantasy draft. Uh, the pick and roll. Like on Fridays, they run bigger ones a lot of the times. They're at 15K for this one. So, again, fairly flat payout, 2K up top, minimum 2X, no rake. Only 600 entries, you can max out at 18. I think it's just a good tournament that is consistently one of my favorites to play. Um, yeah, so like over on FanDuel, like I, again, I keep been, I've been talking about single entry tournaments for a long time now. I think they're a great way. You know, yesterday we talked about DraftKings, three entry max tournaments. Uh, I think single entry and three entry max are a great way to build your bankroll while you're still learning and playing cash games and stuff. So the 15K NBA dime over there on FanDuel pays 23 and a half percent of the field. Min cash is 2X, top 10 is 32%. First place is um, 10%. So it's a $10 single entry, 1,700 people. Um, really strong tournament. So if you're building a bankroll, I think this is definitely a tournament um, that you want to check out. So like that $10 single entry over there on FanDuel. Uh, Grant, finish this off. Give me your over-under, favorite over-under on the slate. I'm going with the over on the Atlanta-San Antonio game. All right. Um, I already said it. Like, I love the Memphis game. I'm taking the over in that game. Um, I'm going to give you a twofer. I'm going to go Memphis over and Memphis plus eight. Minus eight? Minus eight. Yeah, plus eight would be – we'd be – They haven't played uh, good basketball recently. Yeah, we would be um, – I'd be flying to Vegas. Um, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, enjoy your weekend, kids. Enjoy your weekend indeed. You'll be back Monday. So we'll be chatting some NBA back on Monday. Hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Uh, good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Take it.